Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Safeguard Insurance Studios. Your hosts, Matt McJunkins and Matt Wilcox, your source for Arkansas high school sports. You are now between the mats. It's another great day here in the American Safeguard Insurance Studio. I am Matt McJunkins. Right across from me is the Maddie Stats. How's it going, Matt? Good, John. Good. Hey, this is episode eight. It is eight. Episode eight, and we have a, yet another producer this week <laughs> because Carl's out of town and Sean goes to bed at 7.30. Right. <laughs> so we've got none other than Talon Newton. That's right. Making his first podcast production appearance. Voice of the Greenbrier Panthers. That's right. That's right. This this is right. Voice of the Greenbrier Panthers. Good to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Talon, thanks for coming. Thanks for helping us. And uh, Junk, I don't know what that really says about us, that this is our third producer in eight weeks. Well, you know, I'll tell you, please, my dad went to school for four, maybe five years in college. He had a different roommate every semester. <laughs> so he, he told me one time, he's like, yeah, I had a different roommate every semester. Like, cool, you know. And I was like, Dad, that probably means people didn't want to live with you. <laughs> so what you're saying is we come by it honestly. Yeah. Oh, that's taking like a shot at me? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> so, um uh, Man, we're excited this week. We've got some good stuff to talk about. Little hog talk, little playoff stuff, little little ASI question of the week from Talon. Yeah. He's going to read to us. Uh, starting out, man, another heartbreaker. Man. Hogs lose Saturday, 50-48 to 48 in Columbia, Missouri. It was a very exciting game, especially – the first three quarters. Yeah. I, well, I guess it was exciting all the way to the end. All the way to the end. Man, frustrating game to watch, though, at the end. Man, you know, the Hogs defense unable to stop anything. We get the two-point conversion, and, and I'm literally – and I actually posted this on my Facebook before they got the ball. I said, Missouri wins 50-48. Yeah. So, I, I was watching it with a group of friends, and, and uh, before we even go for the two-point conversions, he said, we're, we're beat. Yes. I said, what are you talking about? He said, if we don't get the two-point conversions, we lose. If we do get it, they're going to go down and kick a field goal. That's exactly right. And there was zero doubt in my mind that they were going to be able to do it. We literally could not stop them. You know, and you can blame a lot of things. You can't miss extra points, especially late in the season and win games. Not at that level. No. Especially. You, do, you, lose, you, you miss two extra points. So what does that do? That means that if you make those two extra points at that point, you're up one, mm-hmm. and you still go for two because there's no reason not to. Right in that point, point in the game, you get it. Field goal only ties. Sure, then you go to overtime. Sure. So that is a big, big, you know, a big issue. Uh, you also can't have six offsides penalties. Was it six offsides? It, it was six because I was counting and I was so frustrated because I don't understand offsides penalties. I've never understood. Yeah, you like, know, it's, I, I, it, it is a little bit more understandable on defense. Than it is on offense because offense you know the count. Sure, but at what grade level do we start teaching to watch the football? That's right. You watch the football. No, another SEC official. Oh god! Terrible week. Terrible official week. You got okay. So so the 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 penalty that really comes to my mind. All right. So so Missouri got a raw deal on the on the targeting call. They did. It was terrible. I mean, it was it it was targeting. Yeah. It was worse than Catalans. Yeah, it was door. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it still wasn't. It still didn't meet every criteria it's supposed to have to meet. I, I agree, but it was worse than Catalan. It so, was. I That's mean, right. By the letter of the law, they had to do it. Right, but what really, oh, the Fouché, cross your arms, and get a penalty, get a unsportsmanlike conduct. Like, how many times a game does that happen? Well, then, when it first happened, I, th- I thought he was on their sideline, and then when I realized he was on our sideline, yeah. I was like, you got to be kidding me! Yeah, he said he stood there and crossed his arms. I, uh, I mean, and, and that was a huge play because it was going to be like third and thirteen. Yes, yeah. And we get the ball back. They go down that same drive. Grant Morgan gets hurt after that mm-hmm. on the extended drive. Yep. So take that call away. We probably don't lose our top leading tackler in the country. Yeah, and uh, it shifted the entire momentum of the ball game. Oh, after he, I, I knew, I knew that Grant Morgan was good this year. Obviously, he's been really good, but I didn't realize he was such a key factor for our defense to the point that 
you take him out of the game and it completely falls apart. So let me ask you this, and, and this is outside of this game because we see it week in and week out. Yeah. Teams that are that have a lead very late in the ball game go into a prevent defense. Yeah. What Help me understand the reasoning behind the prevent defense. Help me understand it because I don't get it. Well, I, spe- I especially don't get it when you can't give up a field goal. Right. When a field goal beats you. Sure. Yeah. If You, yeah, I mean, you want to play cover two, you know, be deep as the deepest? Sure, you should. But to completely pull everybody back, give up the underneath for not just a 10-yard gain, but for a 30-yard 30, a 30 gain, then you've got to make a tackle, right. open field. And I will – let me say this, though. I've been we've we've really you and I both have been frustrated with Odom on the pressure right and staying in the the zone. Mm-hmm. My I have flopped on my feelings, and here's why: we do not have the dudes to play man coverage. No, we just don't. No, we don't. Well, that I mean, you see, man, Hudson Clark cannot cover man to man right now. Now he might he might get there, but dude, he played he played. Tag all weekend. Yeah, they were picking on him for sure. Yeah, and and so we, I think I think what I what I've decided that that I, the way I have to look at this team. Also, we had a couple of D backs opt out early. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got guys coming in, some studs coming in that uh, recruits. Mm-hmm. What I've decided my my pro, what I feel is the appropriate way to look at this this team this defense is that it's a taste of what's to come. And I think that the future is bright. but And I think that Odom is a good football coach. But I just don't know that there's anything he can do right now other than what he's doing. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with that. I, I, I'm just ready to see an Arkansas football team field a defense that can actually stop somebody. Right. And, you know, I, I heard some arguments this week about our offensive coordinator and going fast and, and using tempo – not giving our defense a chance to rest, and that's one of the reasons that we give up so many points. And and I understand that theory. I understand that. But at the same time, like, just by chance, you're going to stop somebody occasionally. Yeah. And we didn't we, – I mean, we didn't stop anybody in the no. fourth quarter. None. No, and and if, you're, if your offense is scoring, then it's okay to give up a score – you're going to give up some when you're when you're out there that much, right? But you, like you said, you got to get at least a stop here or there. Got to get off the field. That's right. And I we mean, had opportunities, and we just could not make a big play when we needed to. No, I, I agree. And and I look at that defense, and I see Grant Grant Morgan and Bumper pull they're, pull. they're both great linebackers. Catalan next level. Yeah, he is. Marshall and Counts both studs. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much it. Buster Brown's a stud. There, I mean, there's a few other guys that are good. But as far as being an SEC caliber defense, we still need more help. Yeah. I tell you, I tell you that I think the turning point in the game was when we went up, what was it, 40-26? Yeah. We went up 40-26. We felt we had all the momentum. Yeah. Kicked the ball off to them. Two plays. Like 36 seconds. They yeah, it was, it was nuts. Like at that point in the game, if you make them put a drive together, yeah. even if they do score, you've got four or five minutes left in the game. Your offense, you feel like, could go out, chew up a couple of first downs and give them the ball back with less than a minute to, to have to go the length of the field and score a touchdown to beat you. I, I just think it, at that point, that's the only thing that could have happened to turn the tide to get us beat, and it did. That's right. I mean, we let them go down and score quick, and it just completely flipped everything in the game. Another thing that we've seen a few times this year, and me and you've talked about this a bunch, you know, I told you earlier in the game, this is the first time I've seen a Brawls offense or a Razorback Brawls offense that I was actually liking the play calling. Yeah, play calling was much better. It was until we went to and we did we've done this several times and it's not just this year we've done it a lot especially in the Belama era we get ahead and then we play not to lose right and when you quit playing aggressive on offense you're just you're just telling the other the team that we're just going to run as much clock as we can and then we're going to give you the ball yeah and then when you got a defense that's struggling 
you're just waiting to get beat. Sure. And it's, you know, it's heartbreaking for these kids. My gosh, man, they've, they've come so far this year. And there's two games, two games in a row that you felt like you could come out victorious. And, and you just, especially this one, you just get it ripped away from you. And it's just, it's tough, especially as a Razorback fan. Oh, it is. But I tell you, I do have much, much more uh, excitement about Razorback football oh, than I have in years. Without a doubt. Yeah. And, doubt. And, I, and I, so I always, I always laugh because, because I, and I tell people, if you, if you're watching me tweet or Facebook during a football game, Razorback game, I go back after the game and delete my tweets and texts <laughs> because, I mean, it's just what I do. Like, I don't go into it thinking this is really how I feel about the program. I mean, I, I, I'm just kind of like the guy that, that the, the guy that's always on, uh, on YouTube, the, the Cowboys fan. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I can't remember his name, but he's like, are you kidding me? We can't do it. Well, he's actually a big fan, but he's complaining the whole time. So that's kind of the way I am. I'm, I call myself a bipolar Razorback fan. You're an emotional tweeter. I am, man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mess. I'm a roller coaster. <laughs> and so I go in and I'm like, we, our kicker can't kick a side of a barn. And then, then he makes one and I'm like, man, we got the best kicker in the nation. And then when the game's over, I go back and I erase all that mess <laughs> just because it's kind of fun. But I actually am very much on the pit train. I love him, yeah. I, I think he's the man for the yeah. job. I'm still okay with his – I still think we've got good coordinators. Yeah. People say fire the special teams coach. Let me tell you, that's Georgia's special teams coach. He's also known as one of the best special teams coaches in the nation. Maybe he just didn't have anybody to put out yeah. there. He'll, he'll get it figured out. That's I'm, right. I'm not too down on I'm him. not worried about him at all. So, I mean, we go from – a game we should have won to the Crimson Tide. I got one statement for Saturday, all right? Listen. <laughs> Let's hear it. The good thing is we played 11 and the Hogs basketball team plays at five, so get, it's going to be brutal. Go ahead and watch <laughs> it. Get out of the way and get cheered up by Razorback basketball. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to come with something. Ground, oh, no, we're going to get Junk. destroyed. <laughs> that game got moved back to seven, so there's going to be like two extra hours. That's okay. Okay. Unless you're a drinker, that might not be. <laughs> they may not make it. They may not make it to the seven o'clock game. So I, we should be good, though. So I won't. I won't bore you with stats because I think we all know how this one's going to end up. Um, Alabama, number one team in the nation, nine and zero on the year. Let me just give you some of their stats because it's pretty fun to go through points per game offensively. They're scoring forty nine point two points per game, giving up eighteen point three on defense. They are averaging 548.3 yards per game. 548.3 yards per game. And and they and they dial it down in the second half. Yeah, they do. They do. And Nick Saban's notorious for not really. No, nah, he don't try to beat anybody nah. by 100. Yeah. And so, out of those 548, they're 361 of those are through the air, 187 on the ground. Mac Jones, his name's in the Heisman race. And for good reason, he's thrown for 3,113 yards this season, 75, actually 76% completion percentage, 27 touchdowns versus three interceptions. Did you ever think he would be that good last year? No, I did I, not. I thought we'd see a, a dip in the quarterback play after Tua. I mean, his numbers are better. They are. And, I mean, he's – He's looked impressive. I mean, he I thought more he was more of a game manager type guy and he was just throwing to superior athletes and he is throwing He to, is, yeah. He's throwing to superior. But what Alabama quarterback hasn't thrown to superior? <laughs> Even when they didn't throw the ball, they had That's right. the, the top 5 receivers, you and, know. And Coop, my son Cooper, we were talking about this actually and he brought up a good point about how a lot of these Alabama quarterbacks are just they're that they're good because they're throwing to such superior talent. And I said, ah, I mean, they're good too. And he said, yeah, dad, they're good. He said, but how many of them have gone on to have great NFL careers? And that's true about most of your power five quarterbacks. Yeah. You do see some, I mean, we see enough several right now who are doing good, Yeah, but how many quarterbacks do you see in the NFL who are successful, who played at small schools? That's true. And that's because exactly what Cooper said, mm -hmm. you know, they're, it makes a difference when it makes a huge difference. You know, uh, I, Jared. When I was growing up, Jared McBride was a Nashville quarterback, mm -hmm. and I, and and I don't mean this at all to take away from his ability because I mean he was a D one quarterback. He got hurt if, if Fayetteville. Also played behind Sterner, so you know. Right. But uh, Jared had a couple of guys that he, he could, go get it. He could throw a ten yard pass that would turn into a 
75-yard touchdown. Sure. Yeah. And so, uh, like I say, not to take away from Jared, because Jared, I mean, he was like 6'5", throw the ball. Yeah. You know, two football fields, it seemed sure. like. You know, but uh, it, it helps when you've got those kind of studs. No doubt. And so, <laughs> speaking of those studs, Najee Harris – Alabama's running back. He's already rushed for over a thousand yards this season, averaging six yards a carry, twenty touchdowns, and then their go-to receiver Devontae Smith, thirteen hundred and five receiving yards, eighty catches, sixteen point three yards per reception, and fifteen touchdowns. But I will say this: Traylon Burks. I mean, he holds his own against anybody. Anybody. I mean, even though he doesn't have eighty catches on the year, he has forty-nine, but he's averaging sixteen point four per reception. Yeah, and I guarantee you, Nick Saban wishes he was on their team. Guarantee you. Yeah, there's no doubt. So, we'll wish the Hogs good luck this week. I, I think we all know how it's going to hey, end. But the future's bright. It is. And let me tell you, K.J. Jefferson played ball Saturday. He did. I, you know, he's first couple of series. I know you're still not sold. I'm not sold. I'm not. I mean. But you got to expect him to be have rust on the arm and butterflies in the stomach. Hey, listen, I, I think he played I think he played admirable. I, I, I'm not going to take it away from him. There, and there were some bright spots. That was the best offensive performance by the team yeah. all year. I, I, I'll agree with that. I will agree with that. I think I, – I will say this about the ball game. When I saw that Franks wasn't going to play, I didn't think there was a chance we win the ball no, game. No, I didn't either. Uh, he's not – at this point in his career, he's not prolific like Franks is. You know, that deep ball Franks throws is unbelievable. But KJ's deep ball to Burks was 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 good. It was good. The one, but, but the one – the deep ball that, that, that Franks throw is just – it's elite. Mm-hmm. It's special. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, uh, hey, one more thing about college I wanted to bring up. Yep. And, and I want to bring it up because it was it was one of our questions of the week a few weeks ago. Carl asked us about Ohio State and should they make a playoff spot if they don't have the games. Well, here we are. Mm-hmm. And not just that, but the bylaws or whatever you want to call it of that conference, the Big Ten, is that you have to play – is it six games? I believe that's right. I think you have to have six games to – play in the to be eligible for the conference championship right they're not going to now there's a chance i guess they could play they might could play like a nebraska or something saturday i've heard that i don't know how true that is but their scheduled game i guess is michigan that's right and michigan's it's out yeah Yeah. so i and i posted this today here we go big 10 Let's let's see how you are with your standards, yeah. because that was what they talked about before. We you know we're we have these standards and we're going to stick by them and COVID not whatever. Well, then they changed yeah. and they decided we're going to play, and here's our standards now. Well, so, okay, so let's see you stick by your, now. Your sweetheart is in trouble. Yeah, their standards change as the wind blows. That's right, and, and, and it's fixed to happen, and isn't it's it? Fixing to happen right in front of our eyes, and then they're not going to have a leg to stand on. They're not going to have anything. And what are the other teams in their conference going to say? That's right. Indiana. It's a joke. It It is is. a joke. I hate it. I I wish they'd keep them out just because I don't think it's a fair playing field. Do I think they're one of the best teams in the country? Sure. I do. Yeah, they passed the eye test. Yes, but they don't. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. No. What if you told Florida or Texas A&M, hey, pick two games you don't want on your schedule? Sure. What if you told Arkansas, who gained – Florida and Georgia to their schedule this year. You don't have to play those. T- I mean, not only did, not only do, are we not ones that's losing games, we picked up the two best teams in the conference, sure, or two of the best teams. Yeah, they. It's just it's it's not fair. No, it's not. But it's not going to change. Talon, you're my you're my joke guy. Okay, hit, hit me with it. What does the average Alabama student get on his ACT or his SAT score? What drool? Ah, <laughs> oh, you know it's that's a, good. high talent. It's every week. It's every week. Well, I know. I heard it every week. Whenever we were traveling to Farmington. And... All right, so let's uh, let's get into our picks. As bad as I've been dreading this all day. Woo! Bring it on, Maddie. Yeah. Let's it, hear some stats. So, uh, junk got me again last week. Actually, two weeks in a row. Yeah, it's kind of that's. I think they call that a streak. <laughs> they do call that a streak. So we picked uh, fourteen games total. I was ten of fourteen for seventy-one percent. Junk was eleven of fourteen for seventy-nine percent. So he pulled another game closer in the overall 
standings. Uh, we've picked 247 total. I've got 201. Junk's got 199, so he's two games back. I'd like to take uh, just a moment here to uh, hear my jingle. Talon, yeah. key it up. I got you, Junk. After y'all see my pick from last week, we're going to talk about it a little bit. You're going to call me Crystal Ball. Well, Dick, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. You know what I'm talking about? And the bad news, Matt, is in our situation, if you're not first, you are last. That's exactly right. <laughs> So, what do we got? Uh, we got eight games this Yeah, week? we lost two this week because uh, Championship Saturday. Yeah, Championship Saturday. You know, me and Clint went to the Greenwood. Uh, yes, you did. Lake Hamilton game. You did. It was fun, man. He had so much fun. That was, you know, I didn't really care about going that game. I mean, I was interested. I, I, but I could, I could watch it on TV. Right. But, I, you know, I've been to War Memorial a hundred times, and it was so special for him. That's cool. I mean, he had so much fun. And he he was the biggest Greenwood fan in that thing before we left. I thought I started picking. It. I said, "So now I guess you're a Greenwood fan instead of Greenbrier." Oh well, I, I, I mean, <laughs> no, they're just you know, Greenbrier is where I live. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all. Those are memories he'll never. Forget. Oh man, I love it. I love it. Just before we move on, quick shout out to uh, the people of Harrison. Um, we had a great time. We went up there and watched the ball game between Harrison and Little Rock Christian. Unfortunately, the Goblins. Um, Took one on the chin that night, but the the people, the hospitality, the food at Jamie's was was excellent. Had a great pregame meal. I do have a regret from Jamie's. What's that? After I ate my steak, which was good, I started craving that all you can eat catfish. <laughs> <laughs> kind of wish I'd have got it. You went back and forth. I did. I did. You man. made a bad pick. I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's jump into it. Um, we'll start at two A. We're down to uh, we're down to the finals in two A. Yeah, four teams left. Two teams left. Two I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, two teams in this one. Yeah. So my top five for two A this week. Um, I got Fordyce at one at fourteen and zero. Desark at two, which are two finalists. I went ahead and put Gurdon at three. I feel like that possibly could have put them at two, depending on how. That's this, right. This, I agree. This finals game goes, but uh, I think they were. <laughs> Quite possibly the second best team in the state. They ended the season at ten and two. Junction City at four at nine and three, and then Bigelow at twelve and one. Yeah, Matt, mine was exactly the same, and I agree. You know, we talked a little bit last week about what might be a state championship a week early, right? And boy, did it turn out to be man, what a ball game! Dude, I, I guess there's become a little bit of rivalry there. Because, man, I was listening. Well, me and you were sitting in the stands of the Harrison game. Let me tell you, it was 39 degrees. It was cold. It was I was, cold. We, were, we were doing everything we could, you know, moving around. And I was pulling up scores. And I pulled up the YouTube, the the broadcast, and it was Gurdon's. Yeah. And when I pulled it up, they were, like, basically at, uh, at uh, the victory formation. <laughs> well, they hadn't come out in victory formation yet. Yeah. And apparently there's a little – Maybe not so much love. It kind of reminded me of a Greenbrier Valonia deal. <laughs> <laughs> of what Greenbrier Valonia says about each other. Yeah. <laughs> that guy on the broadcast said, Oh, they're probably going to score because that's just the kind of people they are over there. <laughs> oh, man, he was fired. <laughs> he was throwing shots. Oh, he was throwing darts out of it. I thought, man, that sounds like a Greenbrier Valonia broadcast. A lot of love there. A lot of love. Oh, yeah. All right, so Fordyce and Desart will play at War Memorial this Saturday. Um, you know, Fordyce reaches their second consecutive state title game after de- defeating a really good Garden team last week, 27-24. Desart went into their, their semifinal game last week, as, as many believed as underdogs, to a very talented Junction City team, although Mr. J- McJunkins picked Junction City. Uh, you mean Desart? I mean Desart, yeah. yeah, sorry. And although they did, they did give up more than double – of their yearly yards on the ground. They gave up 380 yards, but they still come out with a 22-20 win. So, and let me tell you, that makes that make that win right there makes this week more interesting. I agree. I agree. Because now you got a team the, the only close game Junction had all year long was a 14-15 point win over uh, I mean, Fort uh, for, for, uh, only only close game that Fortis had yes. was that was that uh Win over Junction. That's right. Only two eight. Yeah. And uh, now we got a team that beat them. Yeah. So what do you think? How's this going to turn out? 
So, you know, you got two hard-nosed teams. Big run games, big mm-hmm. defenses. Desarts giving up 13.3 on defense, scoring 41. They got four backs with over 800 yards they sure do. on the ground in that flex point off. That's just darn impressive. And two of them being sophomores. Yeah. Yeah. So, they got some, <laughs> they got some things to look forward to in the future. But then you look and Fordyce has given up 10.1 points per game, scoring 43. Yeah. Their offense can run it and throw it. They can spread it out and chunk it. I love the matchup. I think it could be a really good game for two and a half, three quarters. I think it's probably going to be a four-dice win. I think they're going to probably pull away late. Mm-hmm. I picked them by 16. Okay. I'm with you. You know, we've talked about four-dice, you know, a lot this year and, and the playmakers they have. Um, their their quarterback, Jaheim Brown, he's had a tremendous career as a red bug. Gary Lewis, a running back in the backfield, and Jocko is cross. Um, he lines up all over the field. Then you look at Desark, like you said, you know, they've got those four running backs, but they're also their quarterback, all-conference quarterback, Luke Morton. You talked about what a game he had the week before last. And, uh, you know, he triggers his flexible offense, and he's also rushed for 800 yards this season and 26 touchdowns. But they've got, you know, we talked about last week, we talked about Fordyce's offensive line. Well, Desark's got a very impressive offensive line as well. Oh, they're studs. Yeah. Huge. So it ought to be a battle in the trenches. You know what I love about 2A football? And it's because, and, and I played it, so I know exactly what these guys feel like. I know what their atmosphere is like. This this Ian Holloway, mm-hmm. Friday night, he had 105 yards and a touchdown. And then he turned around, he had nine tackles. Right. I mean, they go out there, they ball on offense. And guess what? They go ball on defense, That's too. Exactly right. I love it. Yeah. So this ought to be a good game. I'm with you. I think it'll be close for uh, two or three quarters. I think Fordyce pulls away at the end. I think they've just got too many athletes on the field. I've got Fordyce by 13. I like it. All right. We'll jump into 3A. I'll let Junk take his top five into so, 3A. So, uh, you know, Hardy Academy still at number one. Still, you know, man, golly, beat a good Boonville team 52 to 21. Yeah. I mean, Boonville over there in that other conference. I forgot what conference that is. It's over there with Paris. And is it the three? That might be right. Yeah. A lot of good teams over there, and yeah. they just absolutely dominated. Uh, so, you got Harding at number one, McGee number two, huge win. Man, I, I'll talk about that a little bit in a second. Three, Prescott, four, Hoxie, five, Glen Rose. Okay. So, that's exactly what I've got. Is that what you got? Yeah, I got Harding at one, defending state champs, McGee at two, Hoxie at three, Prescott at four, and Glen Rose at five. So, tell tell us a little bit about that McGee win last week. So, you and I had gotten in the truck. We were leaving Harrison's mm-hmm. ball field. And I thought I, – I looked and I was like, well, McGee or Prescott's pretty much got this. I, You know, I almost like – I felt like it was like the, the presidential election. I was like, well, we're calling this one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're calling this one Prescott. Man, two touchdowns in the final 55 seconds. Jordan Owens connected with Marcus Rose for a 21-yard touchdown with two seconds left. That was his fifth touchdown pass. And I believe that was a fourth down play, was it not? I think so. I think it was fourth and goal. And there was a block punt. I'm not sure. I think there was a block punt to set it up. Wow. But, dude, you're up two scores, and you get beaten 55. I feel bad for those kids because that Prescott team is Legit. And that's yeah. why I still have them at number three. Yeah, I'm with you. And so, you know, there's we're into our semifinals in, in 3A, and, and that is our, our spotlight game of the week this week is Hoxie going to McGee. And I've got in my notes, you know, Hoxie or McGee pulled off what many believe was the upset of the playoffs in all classifications because many people had Prescott, Prescott, sorry, <laughs> Prescott penciled in to win the state title this year. And so for McGee to go down there and pull that pull that upset, it was it was huge. You know, Hoxie comes into the semifinal game after beating Paris in a very intense, from what I understand, very intense ball game last week. But the score doesn't really in, indicate how intense the ball game was. They they won that ball game sixty five to thirty five. Yeah. So the Powell brothers, three of them, right? Three of them combined Friday night. The three brothers combined Friday night for six hundred and sixty one yards of offense. That's insane. Okay, so out of that six hundred and sixty one. They had 750 total yards of offense. Is that right? The, the team did? Yes. And then you look. So, typically, Shandaris kind of been the leader on the ground. Mm-hmm. He had 256 yards on nine rushes, which is insane. But Dalen, the quarterback, had uh, 290 yards on 15 rushes. Right. He scored four times. Yeah. 
4-3-2. He scored four. Jenderick scored three. Davey scored three. Two. Two. And he's a junior. He's a junior. But things got a little ugly from what I hear in Paris. Yeah. Or in Hoxie. And we don't know the whole story. And this is pure speculation. We weren't able to get this confirmed by anyone. But um, I believe the the quarterback and the running back for Hoxie um, were both ejected from the ball game, late in the ball Man, game. Man, that is terrible. It's awful. And not only do you hate it for those kids. I do. But you hate it for their teammates. I hate it for their team. Their coaches, their fans, everybody involved. Because I heard early in the game that – that some coaches maybe and some players got ejected. Oh, really? I That's heard what that. somebody had, had messaged me okay. that, that was either at the game or watching it. So, I, man, it's I awful. just hate because you, you talk about exciting matchup with the with the McGee a defense that gives up what nine yeah nine points 4. a game yeah nine point four points a game and then then this this these three brothers who are you know running for four five six seven hundred yards a week yeah. I mean, two of them are two of them are D one D one commits. I mean, two of them are going. Yeah, they're going North Alabama. North Alabama. So and now they're not going to be there. Yeah. Maybe a quarter or two. Yeah, I I heard the quarterback's going to be out for the entire game, and maybe the running back gets to come back in the fourth quarter. But at that point, you may, it may be too late. You know, they're if they were going up against anybody other than this McGee defense, they might have a shot to stay in the game. But I also saw where they were going for two at the very end of the game. Oh, really? Yeah, there was some some. Mm. Un, unwell feelings there. I would tell you if I'm that coach, and his brother gets thrown out of the game, you are you know if it's his brother, he's already feeling some. Sure. I mean, who wouldn't, right? right? After I was up thirty points, he wouldn't be out there. That's right. He'd yeah. be if the third, fourth quarter, he'd be sitting on the bench. Sure, I agree. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit about McGee. Um, like Junk alluded to, their defense have, has been unbelievable all year. Their offense has been pretty special too, averaging close to forty points a game. Their junior running back, Jody Easter, he's dynamic with the ball in his hands, uh, whether it be out of the backfield or catching passes or special teams. He's just a, a dynamic playmaker. Their senior running back, wide receiver, Marcus Rose, he's been making plays for the Owls all season as well as multiple positions. Um, you know, Junk, they graduated four offensive linemen off last year's team and still averaging 40 points a game. That's Coach Haddock, isn't it? Or is he Warren? Uh, yeah, no, that's no, – yeah. yeah. Man, he's done an impressive job over there. He really has. He really. And, man, I just, I would have picked played. I probably would have picked McGee. I, I again think that that I, I would could have. I thought Prescott was going to be the one that could possibly beat Harding Academy. Right. But we're not even going to see him. I know it. Uh, which says a lot about McGee. It does. But I just, man, that Harding County team's good. Yeah. Um, who'd you pick in this one? I've got McGee by seventeen. I got him by nineteen. Okay. So our other matchup, our other semifinal matchup in 3A football is Glenn Rose, uh, a little bit of a surprise team in the semifinals, some would say, going to the defending state champion Harding Academy. I've got Harding Academy by 17. Well, you know, the the bracket usually works out pretty good for a team or two, and they kind of caught that break in the bracket, got to play a center point team who they beat, right. who Matt forgot to mention to me when we were working on our notes that they'd Center point put the ball on the ground. Or, no, Glenn Rose had put the ball on the ground five times in that game. I jump. We don't get participation trophies here on Between the Mats. <laughs> We're playing to win the game. Hey, you just keep the same pattern we got going right now, <laughs> and I'll take my trophy, son. I hear you. <laughs> I got Hardy County by 28. Okay. All right. So, at this point of the podcast, we're going to turn it over to Mr. Talon Newton. I believe he's got our email question of the week. got mail dude this thing claims i have mail it's amazing what we can do with computers these days dude now i'm reading it all right guys so jesse from harrison has an interesting question it's a little lengthy so this is uncle jesse <laughs> you can call maybe he's too he don't know what i'm talking about no no, I don't. <laughs> Dick's hazard. He's way too young. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I'm not even. So anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Right. Jesse from Harrison asks. I feel like Harrison has had the best public school team the past two years, uh, in the respective five. In five, first. yeah, I got you. I'm with you. Then they lose to these private schools. What are y'all's thoughts on how to level the playing field? 
Oh, Jesse. Oh, so you <laughs> – we're going to go there. Thanks, Talon. <laughs> you come in one week. You get to do ask the question. Pick the question from our fans, and that's the one you pick. It's the one I want to talk about. <laughs> it's a conversation so, to be had. So here's where I stand on it. Where I stand is that I have people that I love and care about on both sides. And so I don't stand on it because uh, I can see it from both sides. Because let me tell you, the only people that think it's not fair are the people that aren't at PA and Christian and Academy, Harding Academy. You know, everybody else on the other side thinks it's not fair. Yeah. I see both sides. But well, – I mean, what, what – what, how, how do you make it fair? Like, like that's, what, that's where it really comes yeah, into like the question. What's, what's the solution? Because, I mean, it's, it, is it a coincidence that – that the private schools are playing for a state championship almost every year. Let me let me see if I can find something here. There was I saw a tweet uh, this weekend actually from a five A coach. From a five A coach. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I'm gonna see if I can find it. I bet I can pull it up. But it was about this very thing. Uh, keep keep talking. Well, uh, I mean, you know, we look at it, and, and PA is just on a different level this year, and and most years for that matter. And we'll talk about them here in a little bit, but. Um, you know, Christian, they, they've upped their game over the last few years. They're playing for state titles year after year. You look at Harding Academy in 3A. Yeah. You look at Shiloh in 4A. And it's just – I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. And I don't know – it does seem like there's a, there's a problem. It does seem like it's an unfair playing field. But well, you got four teams that are at least two, very likely four – of the seven games, you got four teams that could, could and will likely be in state championship games. All four were in state championship games last year. Right. Uh, I found, uh, so I found this tweet. You okay, ready? Yeah. So this is a five A coach, and I'm not going to say his name because I, I I don't think he tweeted it for that. I think it was sure. more for local. Uh, he said, "Not surprising, but all private school final again for the five A state championship in Arkansas. I feel for a team like Wynn who comes from a town of nine thousand people." And you're playing against a team that can pull from a town of 750,000. Not going to change until the AAA changes it. Mm. And here's the other thing is there's 196 likes. And of those likes, I was kind of shocked how many coaches across the state. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Like I said, I'm, I, I've got some – I got a son that plays for a public school team. Right. I played for public schools. Yeah. I just – and I get, I get the enrollment thing. I get that PA is – as an enrollment goes, it's probably a big three four, a, yeah, or a four, or four, a, or a four yeah. a school, and they're playing up in class. Hey, when I, when I was in two a Mineral Springs, Harding Academy and Shallow Christian were in our classification that year. Right, Rhett Lashley was their quarterback. Sure, at Shallow, yeah, they set a record when Harding and Shallow played each other in the quarterfinals, the playoffs, and set a record for passing or scoring, passing yards, and. I think no, I think it might have just been passing, but it was like seventy to sixty. You know, but now now on the defensive on the defensive of the public schools or the private schools. Sorry, if you look at the at the programs themselves, yeah, and the coaches that they have at those programs, they're elite. I mean, yeah. you look at Kevin Kelly, Eric Kohu, um, the coach at at Shiloh. I mean, but is that why they're able to get coaches like that? It has a big part because, of it. Because here's my here's – or, or do they have the resources to pay to get that's big coaches? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that how they get them? Because also, I've got I've got an argument for for a team like PA. Mm-hmm. Now, you look – Christian's pretty talented physically. Yes, they are. But you look at PA, and they're out there. They've got an offensive line that, average, that doesn't have a kid over 210 pounds. Joseph Hyman's special. He's very special. They've always had some kids that were good. You know, the Henry brothers, there's a bunch of them that come through there. But as just an overall team, there's nothing that stands out talent-wise. So, is that picking – is is it the, the the students or is it the coaches? Yeah. I mean, and, and to Jesse's question, I mean, I get his frustration because I think Harrison has been – if not the best, one of the best 5A yeah. public schools in the state the last two or three years, and they don't, they don't have anything to show for it besides conference championships. So, I mean, I get his frustration, but but what is the solution? Do you do you, do you, do you, bump, do you bump them to 7A? Do you bump them down to 2A? I mean – Well, so it gets a little challenging because PA could go and compete with 7A, probably be – they're in late in the playoffs. Okay, so what what happens 
if Coach Kelly gets a chance to move up to coach college football and that run ends. And, right. and then no, you right. and then you've got PA playing at a seven A level right. with a coach that maybe not. Well, and that's what I was going to say is yes, PA could go up there and compete, but Harding Academy can't. No, if PA played Harding Academy, PA would beat them by forty plus points. I agree with that, and that's not a knock on Harding Academy. No, PA is going to beat most people like that. Yeah, and have. Uh, you know, we I, you know, I've heard you say before. You think Christian might could beat what Greenwood? I think they'd give them a run. Let me tell you, and and then this is the thing about like like I watched Greenwood Friday night. There's nothing just super impressive about this, the, and, and I don't want this taken the wrong way, but those athletes on the field are not stand out compared to other good football teams. Sure, but they just win. That's right. Their their culture, their system. I mean, they've got great coaching, but I think it's just tradition. Their tradition. And their cultures, what it's, it and it's the same thing at, at Bryant. Now, last year Bryant had a bunch of big D one players, had some dudes last year, and this year they've got some, but they've also got a quarterback who has one. All I know of as far as uh, offers is from Tulane. Yeah, I'm sure he has some other smaller. Oh, I, yeah, I'm but, sure. I'm just talking D one. Yeah. So Buck Games, yeah, head coach at Bryant, who is pretty doggone impressive. Yeah. Uh, he made the statement. He said, I will go on record and say that Austin Ledbetter is probably the greatest quarterback to ever play in Arkansas history. What? He said, not only did he say it, he said, I'll go on the record and say it. Hey, did they ask him that like right after the state? I don't know, <laughs> man. He had to be on, I, I mean, you know, I I don't want to talk about, you know, no, take no. away from Austin. Not at all. But you're talking, you're talking Ryan Mallett. You're talking Tyler Wilson, Wilson, Mitch Mustaine, Matt Matt Jones. Yes, you're talking about some kids that have played in this state that have gone on to have tremendous D1 careers. I mean, that's a that's a bold statement. So why isn't he getting I, attention? I, and I don't. I haven't had a chance to see Austin play in person this year. I, re, I I can't really speak to how good he is. From what I've been told, he's very very talented. Well, but he, you saw the he broke a record against. Right. The, the best defense in in seven eight. Right, and he's and he's obviously a, a tremendous athlete because he's going to play D one baseball. I forgot about that. Yeah, so. he's, is he going to Arkansas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I don't know what I I don't know why he's not getting more offers because apparently he's very talented. I've heard things that they think that they have more D one athletes on that Bryant team, but because of COVID, it's like they're not getting the looks. They can't get the looks. Well, and that's that's a big deal is that people aren't getting looks. Mm-mm. But, my gosh, there's not many of them hiding under rocks, especially uh, they're not hiding under rocks with back-to-back-to-back state championships. Right. And, you know, it's crazy or scary, however you want to put it. I heard the ninth-grade class is <laughs> the most talented that's ever come through. Of there. course it is. It's kind of like, like David Horn. It's kind of like you, you're like, oh, we had a great year. It's like. Well, they say the freshman class is the best we've ever had. We got the top recruiting class in the nation. It's like, wow. Yeah. So, to Jesse's question, man, I, I great question. I, it's It's been talked. We didn't give him a solution. No, it's been talked to death. I mean, I, I don't know what the answer is, and I don't honestly know if the AAA is ever going to do anything about it, to be honest with you. Well, what I just don't know what they can do. You know, I think Mississippi may play, have their own league. They do. But you're talking eight – we can, we've counted uh, – the other day we were talking about the same thing. We counted, what, eight teams? Eight to ten. That we could just name off the top yeah. of our head. Yeah. Uh, so and, – and half of those teams, you know, aren't really – I mean, you can't put a Conway Christian in there with the PA. No. Let me tell you, you remember – I wonder if there's anything to this. Let me pose this question real quick. I don't want to extol us too much, but CAC used to be dominant. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Then Christian became a school. Right. That's right. Did that change things for him? I think it did. Also, Kevin Kelly wasn't at PA. That's right. So now those two schools, and, and let me tell you. And if you look, if you look at the enrollment at Christian, they're growing. Like, oh yeah, they're building. A have machine. you been there? Yeah. I know you have. We have both been there. Yeah, it's impressive. It is. And I don't want to take anything away from CFC because I think Tommy Shoemaker's a heck of a coach. Yeah. He's won state championships, and and he's getting it turned back around. I, I agree, I agree, because he's he, it was down. Yeah, but you know that that has to hurt them. It does, it does. So, 
Anyway. All right. Well, we'll move on. Thanks for the question, Jesse. Y'all keep sending your emails, and uh, they're great every week. Please, yeah, they please. are good. They are good. I, you know, Talon could give us a little heads up next time. He's going <laughs> to dump one on us like that. Golly. I just I'm, wanted to surprise you guys. <laughs> all right. So, into 4A we go. Oh, you know I love 4A. Yeah. So, we're down to our final four in 4A. My top five. I've still got the Rice Birds, number one. Shallow at number two. Rivercrest at three, Warren at four, and Nashville at five. That's exactly what I got. Is it really? I was shocked that Warren beat Nashville. I was too. You talk about two football programs. Yes, with storied tradition. Yes. Yeah. And that was uh, that was that SEC. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I just knew I was going to be able to throw that back at you. you I mean, you said last week, ask me next week. I'm asking you. I made the statement tonight to – Never say anything on the podcast without being real sure you want to live with it. <laughs> so the the SEC of four A football has been eliminated. They have been. Yeah, they which, have been. Which will, I will give you. It was a little bit of a surprise to to me, and I, yeah. I didn't think Warren had it had it in them to to pull off the upset against Nashville, but they did. I'm gonna tell you, and I got a lot to say about this Stuttgart team in a little bit when we get to it. Well, let's get to it. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. So, they, I, I love them. I do. And, and I don't love them just because I picked this team and I won't pull them for this team. Obviously, I fell in love with them, and I think you did too when we went down there. Yeah. But what I love about them is their grit. Because this team, they have absolutely zero quit. If Shallow's going to beat this team Friday night, they're going to have to beat them for 60 minutes. That's 100% fact. We saw them down to a team that looked better than them. Mm. I'm just going to come out and flat say it. I say it now because Stuttgart's in the semifinals. But I agree with you. They they look they got they were down to a team that looked better than them. They were down to a team that looked like they had a bunch of D1 athletes out there. Right. And they didn't quit. And they come back and they beat that uh, Robinson. Robinson team. And I think I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I remember I think I remember Friday night was looking at scores. They were down. About 14 points or so early. I believe that's right. To Ozark. Yeah. They got down, I'm pretty sure, and then they come back and win by 14. That's right. That darn Stuttgart team, you can't count them out. Well, and you talk about grit, and they they just they, – they, they got a will to win. They find a way to do it. You know, in the Robinson game, they got that block punt. They kind of flipped the momentum. They got a block punt Friday night against Ozark. They flipped the momentum late in the third quarter. Is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Actually, I did know. Uh, let me. I'm gonna tell you well, something else too to go along with that. That that really is game changers. So Kendrick Hawkins had an interception. He also returned a kickoff for a touchdown. Is that right? So you throw a block punt in there. That's that. That is a team that's finding ways to win. Finding a way to win. They got a will to win. And you know what? I'm gonna throw you a little movie quote. All right. Attitude reflects leadership. <laughs> All right, Julius. <laughs> But no, I'm serious. You know, Coach Price, he's got that. He's just got a winning men- mentality down there, and I think it's rubbed off on his kids. And they they believe every week when they step on the field, they believe they can win the ball game. Absolutely. I mean they they just don't believe they're supposed to lose, even when they get down. And I don't know if it's because they were, they were so successful in junior high, and obviously he's 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 breathing some confidence in them. Sure. But man, I mean, I man, I remember p- playing. And I know we always talk about old stories, but I remember when I was a senior, we played box out the second game of the playoffs. We were supposed to beat them, but they were pretty good. They ran that option, and it was one of those deals where they didn't make a mistake. Mm-hmm. They did not. The only way that, that that they beat you was you made a mistake, and they weren't going to. And one time our defensive end bit, and when they did, quarterback pitched it to the house. Or No. No, he bit, he bit on the back. Gotcha. And the quarterback kept it to the house. Yeah. In the fourth quarter, they were beating a seven zero. And I remember being on the field on offense, going, "Man, I'm kind of just ready for this to be over with. Like I'm kind of just ready to they just, to li- they just beat you down. They, they would just they, they this team we just we're just not going to beat them. Right. And I'm cold and I'm, I'm tired <laughs> and I've played 87 plays straight without coming out of the game. And I'm just kind of I was just kind of at at peace with the fact that we were going to win. Then we, we run a sweep, halfback pass. Sure. 
a team that never throws the ball. We run a halfback pass, catch it, and score. We tied up. And I'm like, so then, of course, I changed. I'm like, oh, yeah, state champions, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> the next the next series, and this is all in the fourth quarter. The next series, their quarterback rolls out. And uh, I hit him as he's throwing the ball. And he throws it straight up in the air. And our cornerback runs over and picks it up, picks it off. Are you serious? We go down. We, we here's the here was the crazy thing though is that we had not we were a power run team. I mean, we ran all over everybody. That's how we won. We couldn't we couldn't trap them. We couldn't you know power them. All night long they stopped us. After that interception, we go seventy yards downfield and score. Oh, we dang. That's we made a fourteen seven momentum, baby. It is, yeah. but I remember that feeling of. And I'm kind of disappointed in myself at 18 <laughs> or 17 because I, I shouldn't have been that way. Now you've but, overcome it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but the, but a team like this, they don't give up. That's right. The Stuttgart team doesn't give up. So that is our ASI spotlight game of this week for 4 a Stuttgart is going uh, traveling to Springdale to take on one of those private schools we just got in talking about. Shiloh Christian, the Saints are 12 and one on the year. Uh, off, they're coming in off a. a a pretty dominant win over Dumas last week. A good, yeah. Dumas, good Dumas team. They beat them thirty-one twelve. Ben Baker up there. He had five carries for sixty-five yards and turned around eleven tackles and three for loss. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Pretty special. Yeah, their quarterback, sophomore uh, Eli Wisdom. Uh, he's one of the uh, probably one of the top prospects in the state for as a sophomore. Yeah, as a for the twenty-three class, he's getting it done. He gets it done through the through the air and on the ground. But he triggers their offense. Uh, Cam Weedman had thirteen hundred yards and twenty. 23 touchdowns a season ago, earning him all-conference honors. He's he's kind of their go-to back. And then their junior linebacker, Caden Henley, he's all over the field for the Saints. Had 13 tackles, two interceptions, returning one for a touchdown in the first round of the playoffs. So Wow. This ought to be a heck of a ball game, John. It is. They're going to be hard to beat. Yeah, they are. Who are you going with? Are we going to go? Is this where we're going? Yeah, this is it. This is where we're going. This, this is where going. the 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 fans voted. <laughs> yeah, and we're going. To, yeah, oh yeah. So the poll for the between the mats, we are yeah. going to Springdale. To we're going Sh- to Shallow Christian. We're going to Saints Saints Country to watch this ball game. So y'all be on the lookout for us. All right. I I, I love the Rice Bird. And I, I You're not going to do it, are you? I don't want to lose my Rice Bird <laughs> fans because I love them. Sorry, Carl. I love you. I'm going shallow by five. Oh man, it breaks my heart, Carl. I still love you. I'm going. I'm going Rice Birds by three. I just can't do it. I just. I, I think they're going to find a way. This team is a team of destiny, man. They're going to find a way to get it done. They're good. Yeah, they're fun to watch. It's going to be a great ball game. It is going to be a good ball I'm game. I'm excited about going. So our other semifinal round for four A is Warren, the Lumberjacks going to a very good Rivercrest team. We think. Man, this Rivercrest team is good. You know, Cam Turner, mm-hmm. we talked about – me and you were talking about him earlier today. Yeah. He's special. He's I didn't know a lot about him until recently. football player. He's a college quarterback. Yeah. Friday night, he had a touchdown pass. He had 151 yards rushing for four touchdowns. He had an interception, and he returned a fumble 95 yards for a touchdown. <laughs> nah. Have a day, son. Yeah. So, Clay Burks, he caught the touchdown pass from Cam – he had an interception, and he forced the fumble that Turner ran back for the touchdown. Jeez. These two kids were on fire, son. Wrecking havoc. Yeah. Warren, you know, Jakari Lee, he had two interceptions Friday night, one, uh, one 70-yard return for a touchdown and eight tackles. They just they, – they've lately they've been playing good. They've been finding a way to win. They have. Whether it's your defense, whatever. I'm, I'm going Rivercrest by four. Yeah, you know, uh, Coach Hembry down there at Warren's done a – Oh, he's a good coach. He's a great football coach, and he's got his kids ready to play every week. I'm with you, though, in this one. I think Rivercrest has just got too many athletes. I've got Rivercrest by three. All right. So, we got one different? We've got one different so far. Hey, let me tell my other joke. Oh, so, so, you guys, the, the two or three of you of the 900,000 that listen to our podcast that don't like my jokes, I've only got two this week, and Matt's not going to like this one, I can tell. <laughs> What do a maggot? <laughs> oh my god! What does a maggot and an Alabama fan have in common? They can both live off a dead bear for thirty years. <laughs> oh my gosh! 
<laughs> you can't believe I said it, can you? That's so bad. <laughs> That's so bad. Now we will be looking for another producer next yeah. week. <laughs> and maybe some fans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. So that'll take us into 5A. Junk, tell us who you got for your 5A. No surprise here. PA number one. They've been there all year. Uh, they're not going to lose. They haven't lost. Little Rock Christian, number two. Uh, you know, good game Friday night between them and Harrison for a while. Mm-hmm. But it just just proved out that they were just too good, yeah. too physical. Man, that Corey Platt special. Man, he's a good football player. Man, he had – this is talent. You'll listen to this. He had 133 yards rushing for five touchdowns. Then he had 46 yards receiving for a touchdown. And let me tell you, every time they got into a bind against Harrison Friday night – they gave it to him. They gave it to him, yeah. and he and he'd go untouched. I mean, he just was good. Yeah, played a great ball game. And he played. I saw him on defense too. Yeah, out there flying around. Yeah. So I've got the them at two win three. I, I kept win at three, or I or I put them at three after their loss. Yeah. Uh, Harrison four, and then I I left Magnolia at five. Yeah. So I have the exact same five. I've got PA one, Little Rock Christian two, which I've I've doubted them a little yeah. bit. I've had them, you know, at four pretty much most of the season. Um, but well, you know they had a couple losses. They yeah. lost to Magnolia, right? Yeah, you got a stat on them, don't you? On who? On Coach Kohu. Yeah, I'm gonna get to that. Here okay, in a second. okay. Yeah. So I got uh, win at three. I did move them above Harrison. Um, mad respect to Harrison for yeah, for the season they've had this year. Cole. Uh, Koki Long. Oh, I love that kid. He's just a warrior. I mean, he plays his tail off every week. And I do think, you know, going to see that game in person, I think that there were just a few few plays early in the game that kind of turned the momentum for Little Rock Christian. You know, um, Harrison forced a punt, and uh, they got the ball deep inside their own territory uh, late in the second half or second quarter and fumbled the ball on the next play and gave it to Christian deep in their territory. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that took the wind out that, of their sails. It did. It kind of took the wind out of their sails. But <laughs> congratulations to them on a great season. Uh, and, again, thanks for the hospitality while we were up there. It was a great time. Uh, I like Harrison. Yeah. And then Magnolia at five. So that takes us into our state championship game for 5A, which is a Pulaski Academy Bruins against the Little Rock Christian Warriors. The Warriors. The Warriors. So I've got – yeah, I've got a little stats on this one. So, in 17 seasons. 17. 17 seasons as coach of PA, Coach Kelly has played for 11 state championships. He's been at PA for 17 years? Oh, I didn't know that. 2000. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, 2003, I think so. I did not know that. I thought he'd only been there eight years, six, eight years. I believe that's what I read. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Played for 11 state championships. This will make 12 this year. And seven in a row with their only loss coming in 2018 to guess who? Little Rock Christian. Yeah. And so uh, he's won seven state championships as a, as the coach of PA. He has an 88% winning percentage. So Coach Kohu, on the other hand, he's only been at, at Little Rock Christian for four seasons. This is his fourth season at Little Rock Christian. Has a record of 44-6, and six, which is also an 88% winning percentage. And out of those six losses, guess how many of them are to crosstown rival PA? Oh, how many losses total? Six? six. Four. That's exactly right. That's it? Four? That's it, yeah. That's a good guess. Yeah. I didn't know if it was three or four. I knew he was, I knew he was good. You know, and here's the deal, too. That one game that they did beat them, because mm-hmm. that's the only time they beat them, isn't it? I believe so. You know the one difference in that game? What's that? From the, from the rest of these? Justice Hill. Yeah. No, I think they beat them twice. Because Did I, they? Yeah, because I think PA. Oh, they beat them last year. Last year. They beat them in the regular season last That's year. Right. Then, That's right. That's right. That's right. And PA avenged it in the state. Yeah. Battle. But, man, that Justice Hill team, you know, they got their butts kicked by PA earlier in the year. Yeah. And then uh, he didn't play, I don't think. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No. That's what it was. They come out in that state championship game. Boy, there wasn't many people thought they had a chance. And they rolled them. Yeah, they did. They sure did. And that's a D1 football player that's playing D1 basketball. <laughs> right. All right, so you look at uh, both these teams. Uh, PA's averaging 49.7 points a game, giving up 23.9. Little Rock Christian's averaging 46.4 a game, giving up 29.3. You know, they both got playmakers all over the field. This ought to be a battle. But in the end, I think Plasky Academy's just got 
that that system they run is so unorthodox and so hard to cover. They're going to onside you every time they kick the football. They're going to go for it on fourth downs. They're going to put the pressure on you defensively. I think they're just too much to too much to answer for. I've got PA by twenty one in this one. Yeah, you know, I'll just look at at the, at the what's led up to this point. You know, they beat they beat them pretty bad earlier in the season in conference games, sixty to thirty three. Yeah, like pretty bad. Um, I think as good as Little Rock Christian is, I, I think this scheme is just what. So okay, so if Christian plays their absolute best game, I think PA still two to three score favorite. Yeah, and so they're just that that good they're that well schemed mm-hmm. and so I, I picked PA by 28 yeah Joseph Hyman's special he's special you know he had 110 yards two touchdowns rushing and then threw 208 yards and a touchdown passing Friday night yeah and like you said you know I mean you got Colin Cooper's their quarterback at Christian and then they've got the the Jones Dyer kid the running back um Platt, like you said, was a special playmaker. Yeah. But what Christian does offensively is not anything special. You know what I mean? They, no, they, they just, just got good athletes that make right. plays. That's right. And that they're, they're well coached. It's well executed. Yeah. And I think with that being said, PA will have a scheme defensively to, to slow them down. So, did you say he has 11 state championships? He's played for 11. Okay, and he's won seven? Won seven. Okay. So, does that mean that – does does Frank McClellan have – the record I believe, at eight, yeah, I believe so. Is this tie, does this tie with? For yeah, the you record? know, McClellan passed away this year. Is that right? Yeah, passed away this year at like eighty, seventy nine, eighty years old. I'll, I'll need eight. to verify. I need to verify all that, but I, I believe that's what I read. Yeah, so that's pretty special. Yeah, pretty special that the the year he passes away is the year that the guy's got an opportunity to tie his record. That's right. Wow. All right, so that will. Take us into 6A, and, we, you know, 6A concluded last week. We'll just say congratulations to the Greenwood Bulldogs yeah. on another state championship. Yeah. Uh, impressive win over uh, Lake Hamilton last last week in the finals, 49-24 to 24 victory. And then the 7A, uh, the state championship, Bryant Hornets win their third in a row, uh, complete their undefeated season, beating North Little Rock in a very, very good ball game. Yeah. Hey, I, wanna, I got one stat on, the, on Bryant. Okay. We've talked about Buck James, talked what he said about Austin, and we talked about their team. Right. One thing that I think is pretty cool, though, their kicker, his name's Brock Funk. Be careful there. <laughs> so I slowed, slowed down. Brock Funk, three state championships, 154 for 162 extra points made. Seven for nine for field goals, which I believe may be the only nine times they've had fourth downs in Bryant <laughs> in three years. <laughs> 23 touchbacks and two tackles. A special career for a Abs- kicker. Absolutely. He's going somewhere to kick on Saturdays. Yeah, absolutely. That's a pretty amazing stat. So, that'll jump us into A-State. Yeah, anything? I just got to mention about the Red Bulls. I'm, I'm excited for them, man. They've struggled, they've struggled, they've struggled. Um, you know uh, – they played ULM, who was 0-100, you know, terrible, mm-hmm. scoring 16 points a game. Yeah. But so, so they get the win. They win. The Red Wolves beat them 48-15. They were a 22-point favorite. But here's the deal. I'm not surprised they won, but I'm surprised they won big because a huge chunk of those starters for A-State opted out. That's right. So what does that mean? They had some new kids playing, right? hmm Freshman receiver Corey Rucker. First start of his career, right? Mm-hmm. His first start of as a college football player, he is sets the FBS record for single game receiving yards by a freshman, Sun Belt Offensive Player of the Week. Nine catches, three hundred and ten yards, four touchdowns. That's oh insane. <laughs> Lane Hatcher, who's you know fresh or sophomore quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, eleven for fourteen for three hundred twenty six yards and five touchdowns. So I think those four touchdowns receptions at record, I think he tied the school record for reception touchdowns. Is that right? I think that's right. Uh, surprisingly, uh, I hear Logan Bonner may have opted out. I think he entered the portal. Entered the transfer portal. I believe that's right. Uh, maybe saw the writing on the wall. I mean, obviously I would think there was something that, that's going yeah. on there. Good kid. Yeah. Super good football player. Great arm. You know, how many times have we seen them both have great games? That's right. Uh, so, he'll go somewhere and play quarterback oh, and yeah. start. Yeah. 
Uh, so I do wish him good luck because I mean, I you know, usually when when a kid leaves the portal, you're like, I oh, you know, he just wasn't good enough. He is. Yeah, he's good. He is good enough. Good football player. Uh, wishing the best of luck. They got one more game. They play Saturday. They play Incarnate Word. Incarnate Word. Uh, did you see one thing I wanted to add? Did you see uh, Scott Inman's wife, the the coach? I, yeah, I saw the, that. she's the she's a soccer coach at uh, Bryant. Yeah. She she passed away. That's awful. It is, and they have. Uh, She's battled. You know, they really rallied around her. She was real inspirational. Yeah. Uh, just wanted to mention that because she's high school coach. Sure. You know, uh, but uh, she passed away. And, uh, Definitely prayers for him and his family. Yeah. He, you know, he's a, he's a real believer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he mentioned that he's, he's talked about, you know, as hard as it was to watch, watch his wife, you know, take her last breath. He was just really inspired by, you know, he just felt so relieved for her. Sure. You know, and her, fu- her future. Yeah. And so, special guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's about going to conclude us. Yeah, that's it. I mean, we're kind of short and sweet. We're getting yeah. down to the nitty-gritty. What, what were we on time? Yeah, one hour and five minutes. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I told you. I said 40 minutes. I said 40 minutes. <laughs> I told you. So, when you got Matt Junk- McJunkins on the other end of the mic, it's not going to be short. Better put some respect on my name, son. <laughs> Okay. Hey, hey, real quick. Oh, boy. Because you're still winning. Yeah. Let's play Maddie's jingle to be fair because he's still the man. Oh, yeah. Are you already? Yeah. Pal, I'll kiss your boots if you can do it. But to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here. I'm the man. Oh, yeah. You're still the man, Maddie Stats. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, thank y'all so much for listening. Uh, be on the lookout for Between the Mats this Friday, Springdale. Springdale, Arkansas. We're going to find something good to eat up there soon. Dang right. So if y'all are fans and, and locals up there at Springdale, give us a tweet and let us know who a, a good local dive that we can check out before the game. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. We've hit two great spots the last two weeks. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Guys, thanks for listening. Keep checking us out. Have a good night. Peace out, Monticello. You've been listening to Between the Mats, your year-round source for Arkansas high school sports with Matt McJunkins and Matt Wilcox, produced by Carl Spears. And special thanks to our sponsor, American Safeguard Insurance. I'm JB Brazil. Be sure to join us next week for another episode of Between the Mats. Between the Mats.